break that down more. What? I think like it's just a sinister plot. Yeah, that's what I think. Coming to you from deep inside our lofty, heavily fortified bunker, located somewhere in the heart of Middle Earth. The show that doesn't shy away from tough questions or tough answers. Sit back, turn on your brain, and get ready for truth. It's a dirty job, but hey, somebody has to do it. Welcome back to the David Allen Show. Hi. Hi. (laughs) It's been a month because... David's with us. How are you? Oh, it's me? You. Oh, okay. I think, I think <laughs> right? I didn't know if you were mm, talking to no. my other personality. Um, well, maybe. Yeah, that's true. I saw a, a crazy story on the uh, the National Public Radio, or as some people call it, the National Propaganda Radio. Was this about cattle mutilations? It is. <laughs> You see my? Did you see my screen? No, really? No. Wow! Not one drop of blood was the headline. Not one. Well, this is this has been going on That's from for October eight, two thousand nineteen. Yeah. In the early morning light, dust from hooves creates a fog at Sylvie's Valley Ranch in remote eastern Oregon. Cowboys whistle and talk low to their eager herding dogs. They're moving the cattle from one vast sage-studded range to another. Five young purebred bulls mysteriously showed up dead on the ranch this past summer, drained of blood with body parts precisely removed. What do you think about that? What in the world's going on? I think that what they're trying to do is they're they're pushing the uh, alien agenda. You think this is a setup? Um, well, the fact that NPR is talking about it. Because they, uh, they've they been talking more and more about potentially finding life out there. So do you think this and ties with into UFOs, the, the, the sightings that have been more in the news? Yeah. I think... You think it's a deliberate game? Yeah. Really? To what end? Um, to uh, deceive humanity. Break that down more. What? I think... Like it's just a sinister plot? Yeah. That's what I think. Organized by whom? Uh, the powers George that be. Soros? Uh, you know, the global... The global elites? Yeah. Really? The UN? Well, I don't know about the UN, but... <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, legitimately... Uh, yeah, I'm not kidding. I mean, I think it's a... It's a spirit... I think it's uh, leading up to the biblical... End times. <clears throat> really? That's what I think. Okay. And uh, the reason why I think that is uh, space is a very dangerous place. Assuming you believe in space, right? <laughs> um, well, if it exists, okay. <laughs> if have, it, you, have you been there? How do you know? Yeah, exactly. Um, I haven't been to Disneyland, so how do I know I that's? Have. Yeah, but I don't always believe you don't what trust you have me. to say. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, space is a is a very hazardous place and not a hospitable place. Um, hazardous or hostile? It's it's extremely hostile. It's very very difficult to find places where life could exist. 
mm-hmm. um, especially advanced life, to exist. And there's no possible way that life could originally uh, originate for, um, without, you know, from non-life, just by chance. Um, so, of course it can. What uh-huh. do you mean it can't? There's uh, no way. Are uh, you? <laughs> uh, yeah, it can't. It's impossible. <laughs> that flies in the face of science. Well, that flies in the face right? of the prop of uh, people who propagate that. And the whole point behind mm-hmm. it is mm-hmm. uh, they don't want to invoke God. Uh-huh. So, so based upon the fact that there's basically no real way that life could exist anywhere else outside the creator creating it Mm -hmm. and that the universe is intensely hostile to life in most directions in most places and the the universe is so big and so vast that it would be very difficult for uh, another advanced life if there was one which I don't believe there is one but if there was one out there somewhere in the cosmos, <clears throat> um, it would be difficult for them to get here. And if they did come here, it doesn't make any s- Anyways, my whole point is saying that the odds of it of it actually being alien life is so slim. But, th- see, I, I don't think that is even a problem. Because the odds of life evolving, as they claim... So slim. Yeah, I mean, it, it can't, but that's it can't my point. Different. My my point is, they've been pushing this narrative, constantly pushing this narrative that there is no God, mm. that we're here by chance, and so um, <clears throat> if they can, if Satan can create a uh, this whole UFO narrative to make people believe in it, with the ultimate. Uh, end result is to try to create this global world order and using aliens, quote-unquote, from outer space, uh, I think that's what they're trying to push. Okay, so the story goes on, this national propaganda Mm -hmm. radio story, says uh, she, whoever this lady is, and her husband drove concentric circles around the corpse and found nary a track. Not one. Yep. So, how do you stage that? Uh, well, obviously. Uh, I'm sorry. Who has the ringer on in the show today? It's hello, peanut gallery. Silence that device. Oh, that wasn't you. No. Oh, that wasn't me. I got a better one than that. Okay. <laughs> That's just crazy. She's that... back, by the way. <laughs> we'll get there. Um. So obviously, something picked that picked them up. Killed them, drained the blood, brought it back. Um, But no tracks. uh Uh-huh. But then, you know, I've talked about this several times before, David Polites, (laughs) he has a a new movie out, uh, Missing 411, The Hunted. Oh, yeah? He has has a story of one of them that's so crazy, and he he interviews the, uh, the, the sheriff who investigated it, he invest he uh interviews people who found who searched for this person and found certain things mm-hmm. and it is it is crazy it's not something weird is going on 
supernatural, I, in my opinion. <clears throat> Serenity and mystery. Generally speaking, hunters are very experienced and knowledgeable outdoorsmen. And so when one vanishes, you know something unusual has occurred. As a hunter, you're like, I'm fine. I'm armed. I'm safe. There's no reason for why these people go missing. They never found anything. Not the walkie-talkie, not his gun, nothing. Obviously, an animal didn't get to because there'd be a big scatter. Bees to find. The FBI doesn't investigate missing adults. So then why would the FBI arrive on Tom Messick's case? When you see hundreds of victims scattered throughout our national forests and national parks, you have to question the reality of it. So he could have made fire. He had a gun, he could have signaled help. What happened to him? I'd like to know, but I don't think we ever will. Unearth the clues. And we started recording them. Frequencies go way above and way below the abilities of humans. Unlock the mystery. I'm, I'm thinking, what is this thing in the trees? It went from like tree to tree, and then it just it disappeared. Uncover the truth. Is it possible for an 82-year-old man to simply vanish while sitting alone in the woods? And a man with severe hypothermia hike six miles through snow with no shoes. This is one of those recurring phenomena. It's gonna happen again, it's just a matter of time. None of it makes any sense. Missing 411. The Haunted. Yeah, one of the guys. That's the trailer on the YouTube. It, one of wow. the guys went missing. They found his boots together mm-hmm. with. Um, just part of the Left Behind books? <laughs> you'd think so. But. They eventually found his uh, his bones six miles further down. So six miles in the mountains in Montana, he somehow picked up and went six miles, dropped off his backpack, um, which is within probably a quarter to half a mile from this ranch house that he could see where it was seated. Seated, uh, There was a gun in there. There was a handgun in there. There was a bow in there. He didn't have his boots, and they found his body a little ways away from there. Um, it makes absolutely no sense. Did you watch it? Yeah. Was, is it good? It's really good. Yeah. Yeah. Hour 37 minutes here on the YouTube. Free with ads. Yeah. I bought it. It's on, I got it on Amazon, so mm. I got it through Amazon. It, But see, that sort of stuff happens all the time on a regular so, so basis. So what's your thought on that? Is that a setup too? Is this a ruse? I don't know what it is. And that's the thing. I mean, if I had to speculate, do you want me to speculate? I do. Isn't that why we're here? Okay. <laughs> speculate away. Okay. Uh, well, because I'm going to say this, and mm-hmm. people are going to think I'm hey. crazy. <laughs> I think, if I had to guess, mm-hmm. and I had one theory. Mm-hmm. Based on? There's a, the spiritual component about, about this, and mm-hmm. that is, I believe that Genesis chapter 6, when it talks about the uh, sons of God 
mating with the daughters of men, mm-hmm. creating giants, Nephilim. I believe that that actually happened. Mm-hmm. I believe that somehow they're trying to do something similar to that. Who? 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 What do you mean? Uh, they're, they're trying to do something. Um. Uh. I guess you. I would. Uh, fallen angels, Luciferian uh, elements in the government. So grays, essentially. Uh, no, well, the grays are. Uh, <laughs> those wouldn't be fallen <laughs> angels. <clears throat> so I think there's some experimentation going on mm-hmm. for a certain purpose. The other <clears throat> thing is, um, we don't wait, 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 wait. Mm-hmm. Some experimentation by whom? Um. By people like if you if you were to look at um, what's that place in Peru where they have all up in the mountains where you have these huge rocks that are perfectly fit created Stonehenge? To, that's no, not Peru. No, that's that's uh, a place called uh, <laughs> England. Um, but it's these large uh, buildings up in the mountains. Uh, Pika something another, not Ma- Machu Picchu. Machu, Machu Picchu. Picchu. Hello, yeah. come on, really. Um, if you look at that, if even you, because if th- you they couldn't like something had to get them there. Yeah, something the had to, and the um the engineering mm-hmm. ability to do it far exceeds what they supposedly had at that time. If you look at the the pyramids, if you look. If you look around the world, mm-hmm. you, you see pyramids in Europe, you see pyramids in Egypt, you see pyramids in South Af- or, uh, South America, in India. You have similar stories across the board. Um, it seems to me that um, something was going on mm-hmm. 10, 20, 30,000 years ago where fallen angels actually came to earth and gave up information to, to humans mm-hmm. and uh, there led to the Nephilim to giants to different weird things that happen well I think that uh, quite possibly there's people that are trying to attain power through going to through um, fallen angels and other things trying to develop capabilities and whatnot. So. Huh. And I don't know how it all fits in. this is when <laughs> the miniatures came down from the sky. The Stonehenge they brought from the stage and their set. Fantastic. Stonehenge where the virgins 
So are, are you saying that you think um, the, like this is a, like a sorcery kind of situation? Where the, the elites that want to control the world are doing deals with the devil? Yeah. Really? Basically, kind of, yeah. You know, because you look at someone like Bob Dylan. He... <laughs> okay. Full stop? What? Yeah. No, I know that... The, this isn't a this isn't a weird segue and this isn't no. something that so what I'm gonna say is <clears throat> um Bob Dylan two different interviews he talks about how he developed his abilities by going down to the crossroad and um they did they interviewed some of his friends back when he made it big. And they said he went away for a couple of months and he came back and he could play music and develop music. He had an ability that he that couldn't he, before. That he couldn't before. He should go back again. <laughs> well, he he did say that he went down to the crossroads. And do you know what that reference is? No. There was a... Uh, I care this much about <laughs> Bob Dylan. Well, but um, there was a... Um, a musician back in the 30s and 40s who's a black guitar player. Mm-hmm. Um, I think his last name is Johnson. Anyways, <laughs> I know. Pick the most generic name we yeah, can Well, think yeah, of. Scandinavian, <laughs> yeah. Um, but Robert Johnson or something like that. Anyways, he, um, he developed the ability to play the guitar that far exceeded his his training and everything else. And he said he went down to the crossroads, which is uh, this, these uh, crossroad of two um, roads Mm -hmm. down South where he made a deal with the devil. Yeah. This is what it's talking about. And um, Eric Clapton has a song about that too. Um, But Bob Dylan says in two Two different uh, interviews about how he made a deal. So this isn't just them marketing. You no, think this is like I know. for real? And and this is far far after. Like he's in his sixties. Wow. When he says this. Um. <clears throat> so I I mean I do believe that there are there's a dark spiritual component that for whatever reason will give you great power. So Robert Johnson on Spotify. Robert Johnson. This is called Crossroad Blues. The next is most popular song he's got is called Me and the Devil Blues. Yeah. So, do you, I mean, this has turned into Coast to Coast AM, I think, this show. Yeah. <laughs> um, so is the thought that we're being played... Uh, that's that's what I that's what I believe. I and again I go back to the fact that I don't I think it's far more plausible mm-hmm. that it's a spiritual component than it's actual flesh from and aliens. blood from another mm-hmm. galaxy. So then the Bob Lazars <clears throat> of the world, you think he's just crazy and didn't really work on anything in the mountains of New Mexico or Oh, wherever? I'm sure he I'm sure he could have. Um because if you come from the premise as I do, of the Nephilim, mm-hmm. where there was a, a, a blending of spiritual and physical. Yeah, but but Bob claims that there is a propulsion system 
like something we've never seen uh-huh. that they have. They've they found, mm-hmm. and it's not. I mean, it, it's magnetic. It's uh, at some level mm-hmm. creates its own gravity. Mm-hmm. Is he lo- a lunatic? No, I mean it. It could it could possibly be that way. Um, we don't. I mean, they don't completely understand so much about physics the way it is. You know. <clears throat> So even so, my premise is even if there is a way to go from one side of the of the universe to the other, in you know across dimensions, to mm-hmm. dimensionally take a wormhole from one place to another, whatever is coming from there, from the other side of the universe, had to have been created by God or by Satan. Or one of the fallen okay, angels. Can uh, this? This is interesting. I haven't thought about this much. Can Satan create? Of course. Why couldn't he? He can create beings. Well, what do you think the Nephilim were? It, it, was that a creation of his, or was it more of a, uh, a, a usurpation of something? Like it took over? Because that that would imply that God isn't the only creator, right? Well, but right? we create things all the time. Mankind creates things all the time. So I don't... I mean, well, you create well, art. Well, no, okay, but... That's, that's questionable. Um, <laughs> the, uh, this is art. Uh, that that would imply, like, if something's coming from another world, shall we say, mm-hmm. through space. Yeah. That that is... Like, that was created by something other than God. Is, you think that's possible? Um. Well, I don't. I don't think that Satan can create something out of nothing. Mm. He has to use something ah, to transformers. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Well, that took a weird turn. Yeah. Well, because because <laughs> deflated cows. Yeah. I mean, what else could it be? Why in the world, why would a government do that sort of thing? Well, how would a government do it? Because if it's true that there's no physical evidence around these animals, and they're just all of a sudden middle mm-hmm. of the world, sucked full of blood, done, blood's gone. Why couldn't they come down with a helicopter, pick them up, take them to a lab, well, that's bring true. it back? But again, is it all, are they just like poking, like, hey, look what we can do to them? Maybe. Huh. Who knows? I mean, you know, missing 411. Something's going on out there. Okay, so and people so is this man in the moon? Is this man on the moon? Man in the moon? And what do you mean the by movie? that? Jim Carrey? Right? Is that it? The no, Truman, the Truman Show. Sorry. The tr- same yeah. guy, same actor. Sorry. Man in the Moon is the uh, Andy. Yeah. Whatever his name was. Well, yeah. I think is you this could- the Truman story? I, you know, you might be able to make the case that our universe is a Truman story. <laughs> I have in my hands the contact information of someone who has hook, line, and sinker that we are on a flat planet. Okay. Are we being played the same way? Um. So, well, are we I not think- on a ball floating about through space? And so we're in this experiment, shall we say? I think that's closer to the to the opinion 
that there's such a grand conspiracy that everybody's wrong, that every physics teacher is either part of the conspiracy or um, just believes certain things in a certain way that, I mean, um, if we were on a flat planet, it seems to me that all of the principles of physics would not apply to that. Do you know what I mean? I Sure. <laughs> I'm just asking, posing the question. Well, I mean, it, it, it seems to me that I, I find it hard to believe that that would be the case, especially when you have... It, um, is it just because of the possibility that it would be difficult to keep that conspiracy? Is that is that the logic? Uh, no. Okay. No. You would have to have, I mean, every airplane pilot who's flown high up off the earth and sees the curvature of the earth would have to be wrong. Well, according to Neil deGrasse Tyson, who was the, uh, hello, really? Siri? Siri, shut your <laughs> mouth. <laughs> according to Tyson, apparently, you can't see the curvature of the earth. You can't? No. Why is that? I don't know. You can't go, I don't know. Um, but so, but okay. So what happens when you have pilots that yep. do claim that are they it, all, it doesn't work? Are they all wrong? Well, are, well okay. They, but you have both both opinions within the the group. Now, more of them go down the round earth. Sure, absolutely. I would like to hear but, the quote when he's when he regarding that because I would mm-hmm. and I would like to know what the reference is. The other thing is, if there wasn't a curvature, why couldn't you, if you had a strong enough telescope, see a ship 200 miles offshore? Some say you can. Okay, then who are these some? (laughs) Go on YouTube. It's out there. Hello. Well, truth. My point is- Because you can't fake anything on TV. So if if you see it, it's true. Right? What? What? If you can see it, it's truth. Yes. If you can see it, mm-hmm. it's truth. I, I've watched Transformers. Uh huh. That's where I have hiding not. on the dark side of the moon. Hello? I have not watched Transformers. That's where the Nazis are, I think. No, I thought they were in Antarctica. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> Carry on. <clears throat> it it just it seems to me that something like that would be so easily proven false. Mm-hmm. Or if it if it was actually true, it would be easily shown to be true. Mm-hmm. It would be much much harder to um, hide that. And what would be the point of hiding that? Hiding what? A flat Earth. I don't. Know. Oh, what oh, would okay. be the point Here's, of it? Uh, okay. Here's something I've thought about a little bit. Okay. Just because I, I'm intrigued with the with the discussion. Mm-hmm. I, for, for all I know, it's round. Mm-hmm. I don't think I care, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm certainly not going to fight someone who says it's flat or fight someone who just, oh, how dare you even question. Why mm-hmm. can't we question? There's nothing wrong with questioning. No. no. So I, I, I'm I think with, with people, yeah. if, if it's a conversation that, oh, it's off limits, that's just stupid. Yeah. Why is it off limits? Yeah. Let's go down. <clears throat> the Satan Road. Okay. How do we? Uh, how do you make? How do you discredit the Bible? 
think thinking a little bit deeper, you know, how, how can we get society to not look at the Bible as truth as a whole? Well, there are words in the Bible and different translations that allude to the fact that um, it's possibly not a ball spinning around through space. The old people that used to um, believe it was flat was the church. Well, right? I. That's not necessarily true. Okay, so. Okay. That's not that's not necessarily true. I think that's probably more of a thing that has been Okay, I was uh reading a book about that about that was part of it. But but wasn't it the, science that came along and proved that oh, we are on a ball that's not the center of the universe. Uh well, it was more I think I think um, I was astrology that they, they avoided like okay it wasn't not the it Bible. wasn't it wasn't necessary okay I I'm getting a couple things conflated it was more it was um, talking more about the Earth being in the center of the universe versus right. yeah yeah but if the Earth is in the center of the universe and and um, heavenly objects rotate around different things I think that would preclude the whole um, flat earth idea. Um, you, you mean so, it would prove it in, incorrect? Yeah. How? Yeah. Um, you can go around this way, can't about you? About gravity? Rather than this way. You have different spheres. You look out and you this see. Is a, this is an audio podcast. People knew exactly what I was doing <laughs> with this. <laughs> but if you can look out and mm-hmm. you can see spheres out there, um, mm-hmm. why would we be flat if every other object in space is is round, that wouldn't make any sense to me. Okay. So are but, we? Well, so then, so then is the premise we're on like a sheet of paper? I, I don't know the flat Earth premise. Uh, other than uh, my point is, if if the Bible, because a lot of the the let's quote unquote flat Earthers use biblical terminology to prove their points. So if, let's just go down the radical road, how do you get people to discredit the Word of God? Well, science needs to come in and prove that it's wrong. And so if science, oh, these idiot people, how could they believe this? Because we have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt, quotes, that we're on a ball. Science has proven this. Now the Bible's discredited when it comes to scientific data. So I believe... I believe um, there's a verse in Isaiah. There's also a verse that talks about Hondas. So if we're going to go down that road. About the the sphere of the earth. Yes. I mean, in the Bible, in the Old Testament. So I I, I don't know. I'm just thinking a, a way to discredit Bible is to have science discredit it. But something like that, I don't, I don't know if it would necessarily discredit it. Simply because they're not talking about, they're not making scientific statements. They're they're discussing stuff. So even um, when you get the first seven days of of the creation of mm-hmm. of the universe, 
they aren't necessarily making scientific statements. They're they're describing what has happened. So, and some of that too. Um, people have said uh, there are um, biblical scholars that aren't uh, liberal wackos who will say that, uh, like, the book of Genesis was written a little bit later and it was a polemic against some of the other cultures around in that area. Um, so, and if it turned out that, that that was true, that wouldn't shake me in the slightest because it was written down, you know, um, the teachings were, were passed forward and were oral, and then later on they got written down. And when they wrote them down, they might have formed it in such that it was a polemic against the uh, uh, the pagan um, cultures around them. That that wouldn't shock me at all, and it wouldn't it wouldn't bother me at all. I think God could obviously do that and make it inerrant. Um, because I'll, we have a specific view of how we interpret Scripture now that wasn't always the same way back then. And it certainly wasn't always the same way when Paul was writing, because he will quote some things and, and make statements about uh, passages of Scripture in the Old Testament that if we did that now, we'd go, that didn't, that's not what that meant um but in that culture at that time they viewed it a little differently well that that, that seems odd if he could use it for something how how can he how, how could he be wrong well i'm saying i'm not saying that he is wrong because the, the, i'm i'm just that saying is interesting i'm all all i'm saying is that um if if people like, I totally believe that the Bible that we have is what God intended us to have. And that man did not, did not add or take away from something that God intended us to have. But, and we need to interpret it as literally as we possibly can. But on the flip, on the flip side... Some people, I, I hate, I don't want to use the term take it too far because that would imply that I don't, that, that I think that the Bible isn't literal or whatever, but people can, um, they can, uh, as they're interpreting scripture, they can be way too wooden with it. And too, too, um, wooden, wooden, like, uh, or, um, oh, I got a perfect example. Systematic theology. Do you know what systematic theology is? Tell me. Systematic theology is when you take scripture and you try to, um, 
you try to look at all of Scripture and then pull out what the Bible says about, say, the sovereignty of God. Mm-hmm. And that's not bad. But then what happens is is that people will pull out a, a viewpoint of the sovereignty of God, and then they will interpret other passages of Scripture based upon that that system that they um, that they believe in. So they will interpret Scripture based upon some system of theology rather than letting it speak for itself. Okay. And so... Mormonism. Well, Mormonism, not... <laughs> but like, um, you know, Calvinism versus Armenianism. Uh, Calvinism mean yeah, believes in predestination mm-hmm. and the, the it's called the tulip, the five things... Uh, talking about mankind and uh, salvation and whatnot. <clears throat> well, if you're, if you're uh, a Calvinist, you will interpret a passage of Scripture one way. If you're Armenianist, which is the opposite, you'll, you'll interpret the passage of Scripture another way. Rather than looking at what they're talking about at the time and interpreting it based upon that passage of Scripture and what they said around it. Okay, mm-hmm. so to go back to about the Old Testament, um, I don't think that the Old Testament was making some kind of scientific statement when they talk about the sun or the moon or the heavens or the earth or Leviathan or, you know, I think it was either a polemic on the cultures around it, a teaching against the cultures around it or what they were trying to promote, or they were trying to convey something in culturally so that the people who who received it would understand what they're talking about. So you're not going to be talking about gravity to people who don't know anything about gravity. I mean, you're going to know that if you, if you let go of something, it's going to fall, but that doesn't mean that that people 2,000 years ago knew that if you drop something here, you know, and it would fall and the same similar thing would happen up on the moon, but it would fall. It, it wouldn't be as heavy, you know. You, so I think the people have to be – I think most people nowadays, I don't know if science, if like with the, the flat earth – um, that science showing that the earth is not flat, I don't know of many people that would be thrown off by that. So that's why I said all that. I like it. But <laughs> anyways, but you were talking more about trying to get, trying to persuade people against the Bible. Earlier. Well, from from that perspective, that the Bible proves... It's not a ball, they they claim. They claim. How then would you get people to not trust the Bible? Well, you then you create a scientific consensus that proves, in quotes, that we are on a ball. And so because of that, well, look at this. The Bible was wrong about this. And so it's clearly wrong about everything else. And so you can't trust it because we are proven. Look at this. We're on a ball flying around. All this stuff goes around. Um that was my whole point. Oh, okay. Is from their perspective that the Bible they created proves it's flat. 
well, then how do you make people stop believing the Bible? Well, then you create this scientific theory that so, pro- disproves the Bible, basically. So basically, uh, based upon that, the, the presupposition is that they created the what are the current laws of physics to discredit the Bible. Clearly. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. I don't know if I'd agree with that, but that, I mean, that might be one of their points, depending upon who. I think there'd be more evidence that we did not go to the moon by far. Would be. Then. Or is. um, What? Evidence to the moon. Hollywood and the entertainment industry are paying more and more attention to issues of diversity and gender equality in films and television shows. And now Walt Disney Studios has a new tool to help. Announced at the New Zealand Power of Inclusion Summit earlier this week, Disney is partnering with Gina Davis and her Gina Davis Institute on Gender and Media to deploy a new tool that functions as a spell check for gender bias in film and television scripts. According to a report from The Hollywood Reporter, the new GDIQ spell check for bias is an AI technology using digital tool that is able to analyze a script's text and evaluate the number of male and female characters and if the breakdown is representative of the actual population. The tool, which was developed at the University of Southern California Viterbi School of Engineering, can also be used to evaluate how many characters are LGBTQ+, are people of color, have disabilities, as well as other groups of frequently underrepresented in the media. Additionally, the tool can check the number of lines spoken by group as well as additional characteristics. According to Davis, Disney is the pilot partner for the tool. Quote. The kid is not your son. my son. I'm very proud to announce that we have a brand new partnership with Walt Disney Studios using spell check for bias, Davis said. They are our pilot partners, and we're going to collaborate with Disney over the next year using this tool to help their decision-making identify opportunities to increase diversity and inclusion in the manuscripts that they receive. We are very excited about the possibilities of this new technology, and we encourage everybody to get in touch with us and give it a try. It's only (laughs) $17.95. Davis, who has long been an active advocate for female film and television representation, further explained uh, that the goal of the spellcheck tool is not to shame and blame those writing and creating, but to simply reveal the unconscious bias that frequently makes its way into work. The ultimate goal is to use the data from spellcheck to help creators refine their scripts and projects so that they don't perpetuate various stereotypes. So what if they perpetuate various stereotypes? Does the shame come in then? What if they're like, no, we want to perpetuate. But the goal... Because she said that the goal is not to shame shame and blame. That's just true. Mm -hmm. 
Nearly every sector of our society has a huge gender disparity, except motherhood. Disparity, part well, it has a very large gender disparity. <laughs> yeah, particularly Depending upon who you talk to in leadership positions, Davis said. So, how long is it going to take to correct that to reach parity? No matter how hard we work, we can't snap our fingers and suddenly half the corporate boards are women. It's going to take a long time to make some of these changes. Or half the linebackers in the NFL are women. Hello. For Davis, making what's seen in movies and television more gender equal will help make big strides toward those real-world changes. But, quote, Here's my theory of change, she continued. There's one category of gross gender inequality where the underrepresentation of women can be fixed absolutely overnight. And it's on screen. The very next project somebody makes, the next movie, TV show, can be gender balanced. That's a new one, gender balanced. We can make this change happen very fast. In the time it takes to create a new show or a new film, we can represent, we can present a whole new vision of the future. Yes, there is a woefully few there are woefully few female CEOs in the world, except some of the biggest companies are run by women and whatever. But half of them can be female on screen immediately. How are we possibly going to get the number of women and girls interested in STEM careers that we need for science, technology, engineering, and maths? What if they don't want to? There can be droves of women in STEM careers now on TV and in movies, and then it will happen in real life. So we are creating fantasy land on television because it becomes real. Yeah. Gender balanced. That's the one right there. That's one of the ones. But but I didn't know that was okay. What? Gender balanced. If there's 60-some genders, how in the world can you balance that? That's a good point. That's an outstanding point. So, first of all, she needs to be educated. She needs to be educated, absolutely. Mm. And and the, the thing is, the only people that listen to this are the are the the lunatic left that's it so if if it, but th- that's the media the, yeah well they're the yeah. ones making the movies that apparently turn into reality as she thinks them and antifa are the only ones that will uh take this seriously <clears throat> oh yeah <clears throat> oh totally yes mm. Mm. i was just listening to uh speaking of antifa you know the anti-fascists oh yes um and apparently, uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt was a huge uh, fan of Mussolini and fascism. Really? Yes, he was. Huh. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. So. Um, do you want to make a quick buck? Uh, I would like to make a quick million bucks. How about 15000 Okay, sure. This from the Moscow Times. Yep. October 2nd. Today, Who do I got to kill? October 13th. Headline. Russian iPhone user sues Apple. Why? Uh, Russian iPhone user sues Apple. Um, Because they didn't have something in (laughs) Russian? Peanut Gallery, do you know the answer to this? (laughs) For what? 
It turned him gay. <laughs> a Russian man is seeking more than $15,000 in damages from Apple after claiming that the U.S. tech giant drove him to homosexuality. You know what happened? I bet. <laughs> I bet tell. this is what happened. <laughs> I bet he got caught doing something. And, mm. and so to save face in the relationship or a job or something like that or marriage or something, he's suing Apple to try to say, well, this is what happened. I bet that's what happened. The plaintiff, identified as D. Razumilov, alleges that he became, quote, mired in same-sex relationships, unquote, this summer after receiving 69 gay coins on a cryptocurrency payment app he downloaded onto his iPhone in 2017. What is a gay coin? Good question. It's in caps, so it must be a thing. Uh, the unknown sender was said to have included an English language message that Razumilov interpreted as, don't judge without trying. I thought, indeed, how can I judge something without trying it? And decided to try same-sex relationships, he said on Wednesday. What about heroin or cannibalism? I can say after the passage of two months that I'm mired in intimacy with a member of my own sex and can't get out. I have a steady boyfriend, and I don't know how to explain it to my parents. After receiving the aforementioned message, my life has changed for the worse and will never be normal again. <laughs> Razumilov accused Apple of, quote, manipulatively pushing me toward homosexuality, which caused him, quote, moral suffering and harm to mental health in his one million ruble complaint. Hmm. One million rubles? That's all. $15,300. Moscow's uh, Preznensky District Court registered Razumilov's lawsuit last Wednesday, according to the court database, and has scheduled an interview on October 17, which is this coming up week. This, I wish this wasn't true, but I, it appears to be straight up real. Yeah. Wow. He can fix it all by getting 15 large. Yeah. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So your Apple phone's going to turn you gay. Be careful. Huh. We'd better tell Jay. Oh. Mm. All right. Uh. Have you been following Hillary lately? I. Uh. Uh. No. I think the best thing <laughs> I heard from her, her lately was that... Uh, She'd beat him again. If she, she said she could beat him again. <laughs> Clearly, she could beat Trump yeah. again. Yeah. Yeah. Like uh, the Super Bowl, or like the Vikings in the Super Bowl. If we go to the Super Bowl again, we'll win it again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matt Lauer, remember him? Yeah. So why why is he no longer on the radios, TVs? Do we know? Uh, because of uh, sexual indiscretions. Ah, October nine, five 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 four days ago. Yeah. This out on the Yahoo Entertainment. Yeah. News page. Yeah. 
Matt Lauer is denying the allegation that he raped his former NBC News colleague, Brooke Nevilles. Now, mm? now, I think the <laughs> fact that she continued to have sex with him after this <laughs> might kind of... Uh, prove his point? Yeah, prove Perhaps. his point. The ousted Today co-anchor penned a lengthy letter Wednesday morning obtained by Variety... After the magazine published details from Ronan Farrow's Catch and Kill, Lies, Spies, and a Conspiracy to Protect Predators, in the upcoming book, Neville's alleges that Lauer... Yep, we know. He did something bad. ...in his hotel room at the 2014 Sochi Olympics. Now, that alone... The Sochi Olympics? (laughs) The fact that this happened at the Sochi Olympics... Okay. ...proves that the Olympics are nothing but a sex fest. I mean, the Olympic, what, the Olympic Athletic Committee or whatever, the Olympic Committee, whatever they are, um, they well, distribute. I don't, I don't know don't, if this actually proves it. It. <laughs> it, it helps prove the point. Um, they distribute how many millions of condoms throughout, uh, what do they call it? Athlete Village? Olympic Village. Olympic Village, that's it. They distribute so many of them yeah. because it's such a problem. I think Lauer got some. In the letter... Lauer was fired in November 17 due to Neville's complaint. Said uh, he stayed mostly silent for the past two years to protect his family. He now calls his silence a mistake. In a new book, it is alleged that an extramarital but consensual sexual encounter I have previously admitted having was in fact an assault. It is categorically false. Ignores the facts and defies common sense. He said, I had an extramarital affair with Brooke Nevels in 2014. It began when she came to my hotel room very late one night in Sochi, Russia. We engaged in a variety of sexual acts. We performed oral sex on each other, and we had other kinds of sex. Each act was mutual and completely consensual. Lauer continued, the story Brooke tells is filled with false details intended only to create the impression this was an abusive encounter. Nothing could be further from the truth. There was absolutely nothing aggressive about that encounter. Brooke did not do or say anything to object. She certainly did not cry. She was a fully enthusiastic and willing partner. At no time did she behave in a way that made it appear she was incapable of consent. She seemed to know exactly what she wanted to do. The only concern she expressed was that someone might see her leaving my room. She embraced me at the door she left. Okay, first of all... This is a straight-up quote. No, I know it's a quote, (laughs) but but he didn't... uh, What's he... Is he hoping to get a job? Is he he thinking the more details will prove my... He's trying to clear his good name, David. Oh, oh really? His good name. <laughs> all, he, all he had to do was say we had a consensual Oops, relationship. Exactly, yep. And uh, But she must be getting a bunch of press for talking details, so he's got to do it as well. He's a, he's a TV man. He's a showman. That's, that's what they do. Well, I mean, does he have it? I mean, I know he's had a lot of money, and half of it's going or went away to his ex-wife so whatever he has left i think that's the pot that he's going to spend the rest of his life you know drinking from and eating from but i mean because like where else is he going to get a job uh so so i i don't get i don't get the point i don't i don't get the point of 
all the details. Now, maybe in a court, maybe if his attorney responded to a, a complaint or if he was getting sued, the attorney responded and they had to do it. But for him to put to to do a press release. Yeah, I know. It's I mean, weird. I know it's very weird. And the the other thing is if if you want to if you want to look like somebody who's mature and maybe has matured from this, you wouldn't give all the details. I mean, oh my goodness. I think he's auditioning for vivid video. Uh yeah, it could be. It could be. Maybe maybe he wants uh, Holy cow. <clears throat> A year ago, they claimed his uh, net worth was between sixty and eighty million. Oh, so then he's pretty good. He's all right. He's all right. But depends. I mean, he did have to give up his twenty-five million dollar. Uh, no, sorry, billion. Reports in the past claimed that the former couple's divorce proceedings were complicated, and that Lauer was furious about a possible payout of fifty million dollars, which included <clears throat> their Hamptons estate and and a payment of. Twenty-five million. Now that'd be okay for old Anna, whatever her name is, a- Annette Roke. Okay. Here you go. Get div- divorced me. Here's twenty-five million. And yeah. a mansion. And a mansion. <laughs> and um, amongst other things. So Matt Lauer's back in the news because he's uh, a dirtbag. Yeah. And apparently wants everyone to know about it. That's the other thing. Well, why go to the detail unless it like is a a thing. Maybe it's a thing. Uh, unless, unless maybe it, she, she's obviously must be suing him for money. So um, maybe an attorney to, I don't know. Well, she is not, but she write a book. Let's see. Oh, it's in Ronan Farrow's book is what it is. So she was written about in Ronan Farrow's book, who he's the guy that broke the story. And didn't he also break the, was he the Me Too movement guy? Uh, I didn't think he kind of yeah. start that? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. See, see, this can all be traced back to Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Huh. All right. Well, they, they said Ronan Farrow was uh, his father was Frank Sinatra. <clears throat> yeah, but and what he said to that was, uh, he said, "Frank Sinatra is all of our dads." That's what Farrow said. Yeah, who's our? Everyone. We're all Frank Sinatra's children. That's what he said. Uh huh. What does that mean? It means he's an idiot. Well. <laughs> And there's that. Other than that. (laughs) They were married, his mom and Frank, for a while. What was her name? Mia? Mia. 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 That, that's, it's interesting, um, because you look... The you know all these celebrities they give off this impression that they're just like us. Um, oh, totally, yeah. And well, does uh, this fall back into your they're all your elite crazy logic from earlier? 
That I, the elites are partnering with the devil? Um I don't I don't see why that's unreasonable. Yeah. Sounds sounds good. Come fly with me. Let's fly. Let's fly away. No way. So he's flying away with Satan, I think, is the... Is that the implication? Yeah, that's the implication. That sounds like systematic theology. This is the David Allen Show. DavidAllenShow.com They're flying to Peru? There's a one-man band and he'll toot his flute for you. Wow. With me. Let's take That's funny. I've never heard a flute. Yeah. And Llama Land. <laughs> so somebody's writing this and they're thinking, we'll what rhymes with? And then. Once I get you up there, I'll be holding you. Such a lovely day. That's the Frankie. Uh, Frank, uh, what's his nickname? Uh, old Blue Eyes or <laughs> something like that. Hmm. Uh, are you ready? Before I ask my question, to validate the pain of our transgender siblings <laughs> that demonstrated earlier and that have spoken up today, especially black trans women. But let me tell you something. Black trans women are being killed in this country. And CNN, you have erased black trans women for the last time. Let me tell okay, you. Okay, real quick. I'm just going to step back for a minute uh-huh. and backtrack on this video. Uh-huh. This is a lady, a mom, with her, in quotes, transgender son talking, uh, asking the question at a town hall that CNN had with Beto O'Rourke, the moron. Yeah. Um. And she's talking about it. This other trans black transgender dude, apparently, tall, says, I don't want to take this away from you, <laughs> takes you, it away from her, and starts diva walking up on the stage making this claim. I blame Kanye West. Ooh. I'm so sorry. I don't want to take this away from you, but let me tell you something. Black trans women are being killed in this country, and CNN, you have erased black trans women for the last time. Let me tell you something. Black trans women are dying. Our lives matter. I'm an extraordinary black trans woman. And I deserve to be yeah, here. Just ask, I'm awesome. Just ask him. I'm so good. I am tired. I am so tired. I'm just sitting there. And uh, it's not just my black trans women. It's my black trans brothers too. And I'm going to say what I'm going to say. Thanks, Don say, Lemon. No, 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 come here. No, no, I just want to ask you something. Come here. Tell me. Come here. I want you to talk. What's your name? I'm Blossom C. Brown. Blossom, let me ask you. <laughs> Blossom. Please Google me. Blossom, thank you. Let me tell you something. Let this me, is me, set no, up. Don't come on the stage. Don't okay, come on the stage. Okay. And okay, don't come up here. Mic? No. Okay. May I have the mic? Blossom, let me tell you something. Wow. The reason he just that mansplained we're here to her, him. people <laughs> like you. That is why we're giving, but that is why we're here. Okay. But I... Yeah, yeah. Hang on, we can't hear you. Somebody Blossom, slap we can't hear you. Give her the mic Blossom, back. Give him the mic we can't back. Hear you. Oh, there you go. Here's Here the go. mic. Actions have to 
speak louder than words because uh. guess what? Not one black trans woman has taken the mic tonight. You're Not one black trans man has taken the, bla uh, the yeah, mic tonight. Yeah. Show me. You blossom. Show me. Blossom. Okay, thank you. I appreciate it. Don't so, taste me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what our president, the, the Democratic presidential debates have turned into. This zoo, this circus spectacle. It reminds me of when Kanye West uh, stormed the stage. Yeah, and took it from Taylor. <clears throat> Beyonce. I, Beyonce should win that. Yeah. Um, Beyonce. That seems a lot of, hey, look at me. Hey, but not one look black trans. Oh, totally. I'm an extraordinary man, woman. Hey, look at me. Hey, hey, indeed. Did you see? Oh, let's see where it is. Um, I'm trying to find the the clip of who was it? Was it oh Elizabeth Warren that got confronted by the little trans boy? Oh, the, the girl. Yeah. What? That, yeah, I did. Um, I. Oh, it's a nine-year-old girl who now is a boy. Well, no, but yes, I understand your point. <laughs> and her mom is so proud of it's her. It's a confused child who's who's being uh, abused by uh, her parents. Her parents. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And well, I, I, I can't find I it. Bet, I That's terrible. But I'm going to make a stereotypical statement. I bet what that. Uh, she's not married. Who? Elizabeth Warren? No, the, the that nine-year-old oh. girl. The nine-year-old girl's mother. I bet she's single. That's kind of a bold statement. I know. Bold claim. I know. That's why I said I'm. I'm making a bold <laughs> You're statement. Ma make a bold statement. I actually think that I might have sent this to uh, uh, you and Jay on the, the text messages. Yes, you. Well, something <clears throat> I. I yeah, this sort of stuff. It de it depends upon how I'm feeling at the time, or else I get, <laughs> or I can't. I'm gonna do this is not the way I normally do this, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Um, or the podcast police will come. Active with the human rights campaign, Jacob is an elementary school student from Massachusetts. Likes to play hockey. Jacob. All right, Jacob. Yeah, all right, Jacob. Uh, Go, Elizabeth. Um, my name is Jacob, and I'm a nine-year-old transgender American. Ah! Ah! Oh! I'm sorry. Proud. You should be proud. Hold on. Listen to Elizabeth Warren. She wants but to be president. To first, speak as president to make sure that kids like me feel safer in schools. And what do you think schools need to do better to make sure that I don't have to worry about anything but my homework? Oh, I like that question, Jacob. Elizabeth Warren is an absolute moron. Does she think she has a chance? Yeah. <laughs> well, clearly she does. <sighs> Did you hear what Fredo said? <laughs> what? When, when Kamala said her pronouns? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> Kamala Harris. Can you find it? Uh, let me see if I can find that. Uh, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, <clears throat> let's see here. Holy cow, I gotta go. Gotta go big time. Um, Cuomo. And, let's see. And it was what Harris, an right? Idiot. Yeah. YouTube might not allow me to look this up, but hey. Let's try it. Here we go. Killing us. How do we get those men to stop killing trans women of color? We 
I know. I know. Hunted? No, I, 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 I. Nah, I, this is not it. You're right. And so, so, but I'm just saying. So he, the, I want you to be able to talk. That's what I'm saying. Um, we have. It's a number of things. I mean, one, there has to be serious consequence and accountability when it happens. How does this lady but think not she's gun gonna? Laws? No, 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 no. That's bad. Bad. That was not what I wanted. I, I just, you know. <clears throat> Well, if anybody watches this sort of stuff and supports it, there are no words. You can't say anything to them. You can't. CNN's Chris Cuomo faced backlash for making a joke after presidential candidate Kamala Harris declared oh, her gender pronouns were she, mm -hmm. her, and hers at the network's LGBTQ community town hall. The event, hosted by CNN and the Human Rights Campaign Foundation, featured nine 2020 Democratic candidates addressing issues centered around the LGBTQ community. This was the exchange after Cuomo introduced Senator Harris. Anna, thank you guys. And my pronouns right. are she, her, and hers. She, her, and hers. Listen. Mine too. <laughs> all right. Harris is surprised. All right. <laughs> so I'm not sure what he was thinking. And he gets mad when people call him Fredo. <laughs> right. Through front, yeah. I, I, I don't understand. <laughs> what, what could he have been thinking? He wasn't. Oh, yeah. Be he me did. too. Well. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure he was surprised, so what do you say? And, oh, oh, my gosh. It would have been better had she said my pronouns are he, him. That would have been better. <laughs> well, and why would she do that? Well, it's pandering. Because nobody, can, totally tell. Pandering. nobody pandering. can tell pandering. she's a girl. Yeah. It's pandering. Uh. And then he had to apologize. Mm. Milder than most reactions seen on social media. Some said they were surprised a joke about preferred pronouns was made while hosting an event centered on LGBTQ rights. The Some. organization GLAD said that while Harris oh. should be applauded for saying her preferred pronouns, quote, it was so disappointing for Chris Cuomo to mock it in that moment. So Cuomo later apologized in a tweet saying, quote, I am an ally of the LGBTQ community and I am sorry because I am committed to helping us achieve equality. Yeah. I don't think it was a joke. I think he just said something that he, his brain wasn't turned on. Yeah. Yeah, I'm woke too. <laughs> that is true because you couldn't, I mean, it, there's no reason you that would say that. That isn't a joke. No, there's no reason you'd say that. <laughs> yeah, I'm a woman too. Yeah. He must have just been. I See, know. I would have said mine too. I, w I mean, if I was up there, but I, you're would, kind of a, I would a do it as devious, a joke. Uh, Creep. So it worked. Yeah. Out. Well, there is that. <laughs> so then it'd be fine. I. Yeah. This. Um. So there was apparently an image going about the interweb that came up on was it the University of Minnesota Morris I think. What? Um, uh, University uh, of Minnesota Morris. Yeah. UMM. Yeah. An image. What are you talking a, about? An image going about by the apparent. College uh, Republicans, campus Republicans. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that one's great. You laugh. Oh yeah. Um. It's. A, <clears throat> yeah. It's a picture of three glasses. <laughs> and they're half full theoretically. And well, there's the optimist that says the glass is half full. The pessimist says the glass is half empty. And then they have a third one that says, the feminist says the glass is being raped. 
which <laughs> is humorous. I think it's funny. However, no, there's no however. It's funny. You should see the backlash on the face bag. But okay, here here's the thing. Why would they care? Um, because it's it's rude. It's hateful. It's hurtful. Yeah, my point is, why would they care? I mean, if you're <laughs> if you're if you're going to be the type of person, the humorous person that would put that out there like that, then I I can't imagine that they would care. They're addicted to outrage. But I mean everybody else is addicted to yeah. But why would anybody the, I mean, the, the lunatic left are the only ones that are going to. And again, you know, you ask, you, you, you see this all the time um, from stand-up comedians that will no longer go on college campuses because there's no point in it mm-hmm. because nobody has a sense of humor. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and if they, I, I think, I think it would be, yeah, I the only thing, the only thing is that is you you are uh, you're polarizing people by doing that. I do think though that that is hilarious, and it makes a point. There's a truth to that, a total truth to that. But the but the problem. I was talking to um <clears throat> a guy at work who's a younger guy. Um, he's about twenty four, and he is uh. He he was um, part of the Young Republicans, and then he became a, a libertarian. Um, so he was almost done with his shift, and he goes to me. He says, "Donald Trump, uh, he's so racist." And I said, "What are you talking about? How is he racist?" And he said. Well, he has, he's putting people into internment camps. <laughs> and I said, what? I said, internment camps like World War II with the Japanese in World War II? He's not doing that. Well, he's interning people into camps. Anyway, so we had this long discussion. And towards the end of the discussion, he, he's, I, I was telling him, um, the whole definition of racism has changed. It used to be that you believe that one race was superior to another, but hardly anybody believes that anymore. Um, and he said, well, that's, that's the way I see it. And so, uh, uh, when I call somebody racist, I'm not insulting them. And I said, oh, so, uh, if I call you an idiot or does that not insult, that's not an insult to you. <clears throat> anyway, so we were talking back and forth, and I told him, in the future, don't don't insult people, because when you insult people, they've stopped listening to any argument. If, if somebody is to call me a racist, mm-hmm. and I don't believe I'm a racist, you're wrong about me. If you're wrong about me, why should I listen to you about anything else? Because you're obviously wrong about me. You're going to be wrong about everything else. 
Hmm. So from now on, don't don't use terms like that. If you have a problem with a policy, argue the policy. Otherwise, you're just marginalizing people and you're ticking people off. So from a tactical point of view, even though that's funny, the uh, those college Republicans shouldn't have done that. Okay. If if they have an issue with policies, mm-hmm. like uh, uh, feminist policies, that's a different story. Like Steven Crowder, he has one of those, uh, he goes out on a regular basis and he'll say um, um, a fetus is uh, is alive, or a, a baby in the womb has all the, or I don't know, or he might do a, uh, um, I I don't believe in gay marriage. Mm-hmm. Prove me wrong or change, change my, my mind. mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> I think that that is a far v- more valid uh, process in dealing with other people. So, like that, those college Republicans, what they should have done is talk about policy with people, or or give an example of the things that they are for rather than the things that they're against. <clears throat> and These are college kids. But I know they're college kids. Of course they're college kids. So they're going to make stupid choices. Of course they're going to make stupid... Is this a problem? Stu- I mean... And, and, not and, not in to, the sense, like, I think... endorse it, but just brush it off. Ha ha, move on, dummy. But but they don't do but it we anymore. Can't. You right. can't do it anymore. Because people, they're triggered left and right for every little thing. The uh, <clears throat> Chancellor Michelle Burr. Oh, gee. This quote, that messaging does not support the welcoming community we seek to be. While oh. we embrace free expression, we also recognize that exercising this right comes with responsibility. Why? Use of intentionally provocative speech impacts our campus and those targeted in the messaging, leading to individuals and student communities feeling invalidated, isolated, and unsafe. It isn't acceptable to treat one another that way. So if I was if I was campus Republican, if I was the head of that campus, I would say first of all, you do not apologize for this to the people, you know, in, in the leadership. But I would also say, but starting now, before you have a booth or whatever else, we're gonna we're gonna have to you're you're dealing with you have to accept the way things are not how you wish them to be so if you want to change people's minds you're not going to change it this way well the I'm, only I'm, people I'm, I'm, the I'm only wondering. people that that will look at that and laugh are people who who have a, a good sense of humor mm-hmm but maybe not don't necessarily agree with it and people who agree with it but to the but to the to the vast majority of the liberals it's going to offend them and there's there's no point of offending them other than you get a you get a laugh that's the whole point well, it's, it's kind of the goal right <clears throat> or or is it a little bit deeper i mean if we want to think these kids are smart you never know uh to show that Based on your perspective, you can see things differently. No, I think I think they want an you, you, you adab- think adab- boy the... from other okay. like-minded conservatives. Because there's a quote on the same one that says, never be afraid to, of being right. 
No, true. <laughs> so, but but what do you want? Do you want do you want anybody to th- do you want to change any minds or opinions? If you don't want to change any minds or sure, opinions, yeah. mm-hmm. and all you want to do yeah, is, th- th- this is jumping is in the mud along with people. the liberals. Like this is just jumping in there with them. It's just polarizing totally. people, though. Because this is the same mentality that says "f you, cops are pigs." Yes, exactly, exactly. So if you're going to do that, then you probably shouldn't critique people doing it the other side, the sure. other way. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I just found it fascinating. I think it's. it's I there, think there's, it's funny. there's someone on the face bag that I, I'm Facebook friends with. I'm Did so they see it? disappointed oh. with University of Minnesota Morris. The hateful rhetoric being posted by the CRs is exactly the same language that was used to divide our campus and community in 2016. Holding opposing views and voicing your opinion is one thing, but when you attack others based on religion, identity, sexuality, etc., and cause them to fear attending class and stepping foot on campus, you are partaking in but hate that's, speech. that's not religion. Current students, what is the best way for alumni to support you? Uh, here's my question. Uh-huh. I want to know what the other posters were, because apparently there were more than the one with the glasses. Oh. What else did... It's, I don't know. I, I, I can't find them. Oh. So if there was something else, and I don't know what. <laughs> I mean, I I think it's funny. I th- I think whoever thought that one up, that was funny. Uh, one of them suggests that feminists are liable liable to falsely accuse people of rape. That's the one we saw. While the other. Are transphobic in nature, which with one saying, here's a quote: "Your gender identity and pronouns are not real and not valid." So that apparently was a quote on one of them. So then, maybe it was a glass that said something. I don't know um, if it was that at all. It could have just been that one, that line. Oh, who knows? Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, dumb choices. I did nothing. Fine. But I think it's the. When the left gets so triggered and upset if the right does anything that's dumb and pointing at them, but do they not realize that that's what happens from the other side all the time? No, they don't see it. Because they see it as they're right. So they actually never be afraid of being right. That's their position to take. Yeah. That would be their position. So if anything, this is just mocking the liberals. Yep. Well, well, at the look, core of it, look at look at the difference when um, when Obama got elected versus when Donald Trump got elected. The Republicans didn't freak out; they didn't right. do everything they could to yeah. get him out of office. I think you could probably make the case that they they went the Republicans went too far with Bill Clinton and uh, Monica Lewinsky in terms of pushing for an impeachment. Um, I think maybe you could make that case. <clears throat> um, well, I mean, they they had to impeach him because he lied. Yeah, right. But, yeah, but really, impe- impe- <laughs> well, they didn't like him. Uh, exactly. That's my point. Mm-hmm. That's my point. They didn't like him, and they were doing whatever they could to try to get rid of him. But with Trump, on the other hand, I mean, it wasn't near what they what the what the Democrats have done and the liberals have done with Trump. They, I mean, right, right from the get go, they did, they were basically saying and literally saying, we'll do whatever we have to, to get them out of office. Well, who was it? The, was it a Congress person or Senator that 
said, well, if we don't impeach him, he'll win re-election again. Al Green. Yeah, Al Green. They, we got to impeach him or else he's going to win. This is a problem. Yeah, it is a problem. So th- this is not a democracy like they claim. They all want dem- to protect our democracy, except when it doesn't go the way I want. The people choosing him again, because clearly they were wrong, and we were right. Mm-hmm. Stupid morons. <sighs> I can't disagree with you. Why? 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 There's another gentleman that I I would actually, I'm intrigued to try to find this guy and get him on the show. Because I think he's, um, I think he thinks that Facebook is his fixing, uh, like, like proselytizing for the left. Like that's his, I mean, his thing. Intro on Facebook. I refuse to let democracy die on my watch. Wow, that's arrogant. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> to think that uh-huh. that democracy is going to die if you don't do something. <clears throat> wow. Correct. Um, go figure. This from yesterday. You mean his personal needs aren't automatically a national emergency? He's, he posted an article that said, A judge rules that Trump violated the law on wall funding with national emergency. How about spending $200 million for golf trips? Surely to justify that it has to be a effing national emergency, nobody would just pee away $200 million just for fun. So Obama didn't on however many Shh. golf excursions? Shh. Um, that was only 190 million. Well, you know that Trump hasn't golfed as much as uh, Barry. As Barry, close. But Trump has been a golfer. He owns golf courses for crying out loud. Mm-hmm. So it's not like it's something abnormal. Mm-hmm. I think Barry got into golf. Hey, it's cool. It's what the political elites do. I don't know. If if you're a a, a starving college kid, you can't afford to golf. He was, right? He was a starving college kid. Well, clearly he had to smoke the weed <laughs> to to make the hunger go away. <laughs> but it, wouldn't that make him more hungry theoretically? You get the munchies well, supposedly. <clears throat> maybe. Yesterday, the same guy, Kurds forced to make a binary choice to avoid extermination at the hands of Turkey. One, ask for assistance from the US, or two, ask for assistance from Putin. Guess which both Trump and Putin prefer. So, <laughs> you know, regarding that, them pulling pulling us out of Syria, I don't know what that was all about. What? Pulling U.S. Like, troops out of Syria. There were any U.S. troops in Syria, according to Obama. Oh, <laughs> this is true. <laughs> they were just advisors. Okay. Mm, yes. So pulling no boots on US the ground. advisors no boots on the ground. <clears throat> um those advisors did wear boots though. <laughs> but I don't I don't I don't get the point. And if if it's true that the Kurds are getting shelled by Turkey, 
But was it Hillary that said they're our most staunchest ally in the Middle East, the Kurds? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> really? Above Israel. Right. Yeah. Behind and Israel and Saudi Jordan Arabia. and Saudi Arabia. <laughs> right. Yeah. The Kurds. The Kurds. Yep. yep. Yeah. So here's the level of dialogue that goes on. And I don't know why I, this guy just, I want to scream when I see his post because I just think he's adult, but whatever. The level okay. of, of yeah. interaction by the people who follow this man. T stands for treasonous traitor. Oh, no. Not <laughs> R stands for... Oh. Treasonous traitor. So isn't that redundant? Yeah, that is redundant. What, here he is again. What is the likelihood? Kurds being played as sacrificial pawns against the Chinese to gain advantage in trade negotiations? And someone comment, how much are those Kurds' lives worth? So uh, the thing that's intriguing is it appears as though Trump is a nationalist. Yeah, what's Nation wrong first. That? Yeah. Well, that's not acceptable to the left. Oh, yeah, because they're globalists. Globalism. Yeah. So the, gr- the globe politics is more important than our national sovereignty. Well, global socialist government, one world government. On, on, on a macro the Antichrist. level, isn't global governance, which is really what they want. Yeah. Isn't that... Global control. Right, but isn't that like, in the U.S., we have the national education system that tries to dictate to every little community what they're allowed, what, what they have to do. And that really works well. It's not. Isn't that a real small sliver of what it might be A microcosm? Be like? A microcosm. I of would, what could happen, or Can just you imagine just if, look at Britain or the UN. They're great. Well, but with um, oh, with the, the European, European, yeah, yeah. Brexit, yeah, that's working well. Yeah, hmm. and and it it is scary. I mean, we are with quantum computing. Mm. If they can get that, make it ubiquitous, huh? Mm, I like it. <laughs> there it is. It's yeah. all over. The, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. If they can. The things that they will be able to do. Oh, the places you'll go. Well, no, I was thinking more the control <laughs> that they will have on people will be. I mean, and once that happens, where so, they have so, complete so control, the there will never computers be Computers can, can be so efficient, can actually control so many things. It would be easier to centralize control of everything. Of is everything. That, is that the idea? Yeah, absolutely. You, can, you could... You could um, you could have a, you know, potentially a, a camera on every street corner. You could yes, it's called the ring doorbell. Yeah, well, <laughs> but you could. Yeah. I mean, it could get to the point where um, they could instantaneously access every single cell phone, mm. the their video, the audio, mm-hmm. and just and and not only that. Um, uh, have everybody's voice, um, have everybody's face, so that at any time, any time that you're talking, every th- you know, a cell phone. If if they're looking for somebody, all they'd have to do is turn on every cell phone, and the minute they heard your voice, mm-hmm. they would just zero in on you. Mm-hmm. And there there would be no there would be no way to get. Away from it, there See, wouldn't be any. 
it's already there at some level. I was talking to a lady uh, on Friday, and she used to have a Buick. She said uh-huh. that her she said her, her it would go 120 miles an hour. Uh-huh. She knew that she claimed because her son had done it, and she knew it because, because of OnStar. The app she had to watch her car had speed, braking force, location, curve force, like G. Like centripetal or whatever? I said, who else has... Oh, I probably do. I said, yeah, who else has that data? So if that's... Oh, I deleted the app. If that's already there... Yeah. So it's built into the cars. I I rented a Mustang in um, Dallas several months ago. It's got a G meter. You can just turn it on, and it's G-forces. It shows you where you're going. Well, you know if it's showing you, it's keeping track. So I kind of freaked out because I thought, ooh, the rental company's going to know what I'm doing. Uh Uh-huh. Hello? Yeah. So I did. I didn't take it to the track because of that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it, it's out there. Yeah. So when you have that kind of stuff, oh, it's just so convenient. Look at that. You can make sure your car is safe. Um, and if you give it to your insurance company, you'll get a better rate. Uh, then you have this neat. Oh, you know what? I'm not always home, and I need to know when the UPS man came. So if I put this little thing on the side of my thingy with a camera, I can watch it. Awesome. It's really convenient, and this this phone right here, um, I, I don't want to have to type my search in. I'm just going to talk to my search, and then my search is going to go up in the cloud and bring me back info. Okay. I mean, it's like- it, it's, it's all there. It, it's like Bible prophecy. Totally. It's there. We It's just not mandated yet. Well, but the other thing is, it's not- ah, I've there got, aren't com- I've got another story. Keep going. There aren't computers powerful enough to link everything together. Mm-hmm. But there will be. Correct. And th- this from th- uh, two years ago, we talked okay. about this story. A local firm here, River Falls, Wisconsin, made good today on its vow to embed employees with microchips. Sporting oh, I Got Chip t-shirts, some 40 Im- workers at Three Square Market, a firm that makes cafeteria kiosks, aimed at replacing vending machines, got tiny rice-sized microchips embedded in their hands. Company officials said it was for convenience, a way for them to bypass using company badges and corporate logons to computers. Now they can just have their hand ready by a reader, similar to using a smartphone to pay for goods. The company would like to see payments go cashless, as iPhone users do with Apple Pay. Expect in this, except in this case, consumers use their hand instead of a smartphone to pay. The chip is not a tracker, nor does it have GPS in it, so the boss can't track your movements, the company said. Still, to those who worry about Big Brother having more control over our lives, three-square market president Patrick McMullen says you should take your cell phone and throw it away. Okay. Why? The chips come from Biohacks Sweden, a company that says it has nearly 3,000 people using it in Europe. The founder of that company, Johan Osterlund, has struck alliances with companies to pay to have the chips installed in employees and pass them out at tech fairs. Three square market employees say they were having the chip installed to be part of the larger team and help develop the technology. The chip ceremony was held in the company's cafeteria where a local tattoo artist was on hand to perform the installation. 
The entire process took about a minute. It started with Osterlund cleaning the skin, finding a spot on the hand to pinch, and then asking the employee to inhale and exhale as he inserted a syringe, install the chip, and place a band-aid over the spot. The pinch hurt more than the injection, says McMullen. It stung for about an hour and a half afterwards, and now it's getting back to normal. During yeah, our... pinches don't sting don't sting for an hour and a half. <laughs> nope. I don't know. Is, I mean, it, that, is that... it Google in Canada that that introduced that safe driving app? It does all the tracking of your how fast you go, how much you you break, and um, I don't remember the the name of the company. EverDrive. Oh no. Uh, it's something, but it's a safe driving app, and you can mm. you can achieve a score of one hundred by never leaving your house. <laughs> I heard yeah. the boys talking about it. Mm. Yeah. I, <laughs> well, uh, there's an app called <clears throat> EverDrive. Improve your driving is save on insurance. Improve your driving using personalized feedback about your habits. Save up to 30% on auto insurance based on how safely you drive and compete with friends and family for the best driving score. How it works? Simply download EverDrive and take your phone with you in the car. EverDrive will automatically record your drive and passively monitor your habits. The app will score your driving and you can learn how to adjust your driving to improve your score. In select states... Currently available in Arizona, Illinois, Ohio, Texas, Vermont, with many more coming soon. You can also qualify for safe driving insurance co- discounts with one of our partners. EverDrive. What a joke. Oh, here we go. All right. Is that the motto? That's my motto for it. Oh. Uh, this is the FAQ data. What type of data is collected by EverDrive? Everything. I mean, nothing. Nothing. EverDrive. Trademark. It's a free smartphone application for iOS and Android smartphones. The app runs in the background and automatically records and scores trips as you drive. Information provided in EverDrive may help you become a safer driver. Please read the EverDrive privacy policy for complete details. The following data is gathered. Accelerometer. Device screen on or off. Time of day. Vehicle location with your GPS. Rotational movements. Gyroscope data. Email address provided at sign-up. Is my data continuously collected? No, it is only collected when there is significant movement that may indicate possible driving. You you know, this will become ubiquitous. Hello, I did it again. It Thank That's you. the word of the Thank day. Thank you. Um, but what they'll do is... They'll do the same thing as cops when they come up. Can I search your your car? And if you say no, why? If you haven't done anything didn't wrong, do anything wrong. That's right. So, oh, you don't want what this. What do you have to hide? Why? Are you a serial killer? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> no data is collected the rest of the time. Only when you're moving, possibly. Trip results usually appear a few wait, minutes wait a after second. a driver's. Did you just throw in the possibly or? You said only when it's well, moving, possibly. Okay, the question was, is my data continuously collected? No, it is only collected when there is significant movement that may indicate possible driving. Oh, okay. No data is collected the rest of the time. Uh, does the app use my battery? Well, yes. 
Scoring. Here we go. How does my driving affect my score? EverDrive collects and analyzes driving data, and from that data, the app computes your acceleration, braking, cornering speed, and foot use. When it uses that information to create an overall driving score, EverDrive calculates your score out of 100 based on the last two weeks of trips driven. If you plug your nose, you can tell I got an answer. <laughs> I don't know about that. To, to maximize your score, drive at or near the posted speed limit. Avoid hard braking. Just run right into what the car. What does near mean? Um, yes. Avoid fast acceleration. Don't take corners quickly. And don't use your cell phone while driving. Imagine you're holding a cup of hot coffee while driving, and you don't want to spill a drop. Most of all, drive safely, always. How does EverDrive measure and calculate my score? EverDrive uses your smartphone's technology to measure your driving behavior. We use GPS to measure traveling speed by sampling for location at a consistent rate. We use the accelerometer and gyroscope to measure both longitudinal and lateral acceleration. as well mean as Euroscope. I'm sorry. Sure, sure. Yeah, that's full of What's meat. What's a euro? As well, Not a chiro. Yeah, I'm as sorry. a factor in detecting whether the phone is in use. We check if the phone screen is on or off as a factor of detecting whether the phone is in use. So what if you have a map on? Does that call it's in use? Hmm? Speed is detected by comparing the phone's estimated speed against the road's safe speed. Usually the speed limit. <laughs> Usually the speed limit. Phone use is detected by combining phone usage measurements from the accelerometer, phone screen, and the gyroscope. <laughs> um, so does it take into account the weather? Uh, hmm. Phone use is only penalized when the car is in motion. Acceleration, braking, and cornering are all detected by the accelerometer and the gyroscope. <laughs> speeding, unit, speeding events are measured in miles per hour over the safe speed and duration. Phone distraction events are measured in duration and driving speed. Harsh acceleration, harsh braking, and harsh hard cornering are measured in G-forces. I have a question. Yes. Um, if it, if it stops like quick, quick, do, does it call 911 or it, with the Euro scope, <laughs> if the car flips upside down, will it call 911? The phone, how is acceleration calculated? Here we go. The phone characterizes harsh acceleration when you're accelerating at one third of a G or above. It's safer to accelerate slightly more gradually. That way, you're less likely to skid if the road is wet or icy, and you're less likely to be hit by someone running the red light. Frequent harsh acceleration is statistically correlated with aggressive driving, and aggressive drivers are somewhat more likely to get into crashes. So the app lets you know if you're accelerating quickly, and if you're doing it frequently, it penalizes you over your overall score more strongly. Mm. Um... How do I tell EverDrive if I was not the driver? There are two ways to do this. Don't get in the car. No. One, if you know in advance of a trip that you will be a passenger or traveling via bus, train, or another mode of transportation, you can select pause trip recording. Number two, 
EverDrive attempts to classify trips when you are the passenger to filter those trips from your score. If you if the classification for a specific trip is inaccurate, you can change this by toggling were you driving with the trip results card in home in the trips list or in the trip details screen. It's weird. Yeah. Wow. Do you know I have this is doesn't have anything to do it it has to do with technology but then we can go back to this um i got my blonde on and i don't want to lose what my train of thought <clears throat> uh here boy that was bigoted <laughs> why against blondes jerk just well, by default blondes well, are scatterbrained yeah i'm blonde <laughs> yeah carry on so um <clears throat> i have an ekg little monitor thing that you put it up against a smartphone you put a finger on both uh, from both hands on it and it'll take your EKG and then it will tell you if it's abnormal or not <clears throat> yeah the new Apple watch does that as well uh well it'll show with uh the pulse but I don't know if it no, does an no 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 there's ECG absolutely really? it's built into the new Apple watch yep Get out of Dodge. Hello. Wow. I might have to get one of those. <laughs> Why? I don't know. That way I don't have to pull it out and put my finger on it. Mm. <clears throat> so, anyways, go back to what you were talking before I rudely. How do so, I oh, receive? Oh, so rudely interrupted you. Well, you were blonde, so it's fine. Yeah. How do I receive <laughs> insurance discounts through EverDrive? Here we go. Th- this, I think, is where we're going. Like, okay. like, you probably won't be able to get any kind of reasonable insurance rate ever. Unless you have this on Unless your vehicle. Unless you have something like this. It's got to be in there. you got to either put that or a black box. Now, the black box in your car is much more invasive, theoretically. You know what? It's so much simpler. Just download our app. It's so simple. Scan this QR code on your uh, billing statement, and then it will put it on there. It's great. Sure. Uh, EverDrive can help you save money. On auto insurance by showing you're a safe driver. EverDrive will search for insurance discounts on your behalf based on your anonymous safe driving behavior. Wink, wink. All you have to do is continue driving safely. If you live in a qualifying state, you can receive insurance discounts by tapping the more tab and then insurance discounts and then about and then tapping get started at the bottom of the screen. Hold it. If it's anonymous, how can you prove that it's you? Well, you're holding the device. This is a good point. We are working to bring insurance discounts to all of our users, but currently the program is only available in select states. The disc- What if you don't have insurance on your car? Well, then you should just be shot. Your discount depends on your driving safety. Improve your driving to save more money. Your discount eligibility Sh- is determined by three things. Shot a dirty look. <laughs> your safe driving behavior. How long you've used EverDrive. And the state you live in. You can redeem a discount by requesting a quote from any offers that you received. You can review view, view your active offers by tapping the more tab and then insurance discounts and then offers. Uh, ooh, here we go. Does EverDrive share my data with insurers? It just said they did. So let's see what they say about that. Your privacy is our priority. So when you access when you access insurance discounts, which priority? 
high it's, or it's, low? It's there. Well, it's, it's, mm, that's a good question. They just said it's, it's a priority. our priority, which I mean, might not be a high. We also have a priority of keeping the floors clean. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, so when you access excess insurance, just uh, yeah, uh, it is shared anonymously. We only share your information with insurers after you initiate a quote request. After a quote request, we send insurers your quote request form data and a risk score, which they use to apply the discount. That's not anonymous. Yeah. No, and I know that. It was anonymous until you want to use it. Duh. Will this affect my existing insurance policy? (gasps) Your existing auto insurance policy will not be affected by searching for insurance discounts. EverDrive puts you in control by presenting your discount before sharing any personal data. Uh, This is crap. I mean, at this point, throw your cell phone away. Really. Okay. I mean, if that's where we're going to go, just dump it. Oh, you can have friends on EverDrive. What do you mean? You can have friends, and you can do. Are you challenges. saying I can have can friends? friends on the even app. me, mm-hmm. even you, even though you're blonde. Ever quote? Sorry, I'm going to be done after this. Ever quote? Analyze 781 million miles of driving data from 2017 to reveal how Americans are handling themselves behind the wheel. Data comes from our free safe driving app, EverDrive, which helps people track driving habits and better understand what they're doing well Woo! and what they can improve upon. So trips nationwide with unsafe driving behavior, 38% of them were head high, 38% of the trips were speeding. 37% had high phone use. Heartbreaking, 23%. Well, now that's not an issue in Minnesota because you can't. Clearly, you can't do it, so no one's going to do it. That's right. Yeah. Uh, oh, here we go. Percent of trips in each state with unsafe driving behavior. You ready? We're looking at South Dakota. Uh, phone use. Bing, bing, bong. Now, this is bull crap. What? Well, the entire country is like 33 to 40-something percent phone use. I bet you it's way higher than that. And by phone use when you're driving? Yes. You're, yeah. Oh. It's, it's got to be 50%, 75%. It has to be. Or more. So of the time that you're, or the, the is it the, the amount of time you're on the phone while you're driving? Or the number of trips well, it, that well, you've it, used the phone? It's probably percentage of time using the phone. But if I've got my map up, is that considered time using it? It said screen on in the frequently asked cues. Mm-hmm. So that to me, that would imply. Um, yeah, speeding is eh, mediocre. <clears throat> the best states for driving scores, Montana. Wyoming. Hey, 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 number three, South Dakota. South Dakota, number three for the safe driving score. You know why? Because you can't speed in South Dakota. <laughs> because the speed limit is too high. <laughs> <laughs> You know, that's a good point. Just jack it up. Everyone's good. Yeah. Uh, Oh, number of trips with phone use. That's what that percentage comes from. 
Huh. So thirty. Yeah, you're absolutely thirty three percent. There's no way it's got to be a all lot of them. higher. Than it's a hundred. It, yeah. It's got to be a hundred. Because I'm continuously texting I just, I when I drive. I know one hand on the wheel, one yeah. eyeball on the phone. Absolutely. Hand on the wheel. What are you talking about? Knee. Sorry. When my well, I, I a knee. knee on the wheel. But you're blonde, so I figured yeah. it'd be easier. I got a beer in one hand. Ready for the and worst? The worst states the for driving scores. Ready? 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 Maryland. Louisiana. Go. No, Connecticut. Now, okay, the driving score was so 71. So you're saying for the first time, Louisiana isn't last? Perhaps. All right. The average trip time for drivers who use their phones was 29 minutes. On average, they used their phones for 11% of their trip or more than three minutes. From across the U.S., there are three common types of distracted driving laws. This is crap. I'm done. I can't do it. Ever drive. Don't, don't, don't download the BAP. The, the BAP, the app. Don't get a microchip put in your hand. Don't move to Wisconsin. Dump it. Don't try to mock the liberals. So this is, this is what we've learned today. Yep. Don't question the round earth. There must be Bigfoot. And uh, apples could have turned you gay. Well, did you see our work the YouTube is done here. video of the self-driving Tesla that drove off a cliff? No. Maybe it was suicidal because it was trans and <sighs> it wanted to be a Toyota. What and, is a Trans Am? And, <laughs> ooh. Yeah. It, it used to be PM. Yeah. It used to be a Grand Am. Now it's a Trans Am. <laughs> Outrageous. This is the David Allen Show. I think we've got to call it. I think. Okay. I think, anyway. Yeah, sure. Maybe. Yeah, sure. Maybe. 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 Are we going to do another one this week? Uh, That's the goal. Yeah. That's right. No, that ain't right. So I'm on a different system here, and I lost my my normal app. Hmm. Huh. That's dead air. It is dead air. This is why we're on the rodeo. R- rodeo. <laughs> we're on the rodeo. Ow! Ow! You shot me! D- Mommy! <laughs> okay, fine. This will be it. DavidAllenShow.com If you're interested, DavidAllenShow at gmail.com If you listen, send us a little message to say you heard this. Would you? Because... The data we get back from the Apple and every other download source is really kind of crap. We really don't have much. So, if you would mind, if you hear this, just send us a little note. David Allen Show at gmail.com. A-L-L-E-N. Oh, yeah. You can spell David on your own because it's normal. The Redemption by August Burns Red is going to close us out today. Any last words? Um... No. Oh, wait. That's the last word. Hey. Uh, Hey, thanks for being back in the studio again. Thank you. It's winter here in South Dakota, apparently. Well, not. No, it's fall. But it feels that way. October 10. (laughs) October 13. It feels like. See, I'm old now, so it works out. It feels like an Oklahoma winter or maybe a Kansas winter. No, a Texas winter. Really? But not like a South Dakota winter. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. The ground is soft still. Yeah. Hmm. 
All right, we're going to be dreaming here. Dead by April. Have a great night. Thanks for listening to the David Allen Show. See you later. Toodles.